1: Are you willing to be a fool for Christ? Are you willing to contend for the faith? Are you willing to fight for it? Are you willing to appropriate it in your life and put feet on the things that you're reading? rather than just hearing it here and letting it go out here, folks, we have to now is the time in history of the church where we need to rise up, not with arms and guns and all that stuff. That's nonsense. I mean, you can do that if you want. I mean, you can, you know, whatever. But we're not here to win a physical battle. We're here, it's a spiritual battle. Our battle is not with flesh and blood, but it's with principalities and high places. How-
0: Hi everyone, and thank you for joining us today on Truth in Christ. Today we are told by Jude to contend for the faith. We contend for the faith in a positive sense when we give an unshakable witness, distribute tracts, make possible the training of faithful ambassadors for Jesus, and when we strengthen the hands of faithful pastors who honor the Word of God in their pulpits. These are a few among many ways that we can contend earnestly for the faith in a positive sense. Now let's join Pastor Rob with today's lesson. Free,
1: Yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, notice, but as bondservants of God, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. That means submit yourself to the authorities that are over us. And we do that as long as they don't tell us to do things that are contrary to what God tells us to do. We may not like them they may be uh stringent upon us but we obey them until they say things like you have to kill your child then we can say no not going to do that i'm going to obey god you get my point so learn to be a bond servant learn to be a bond servant notice he says to those who are called and sanctified somebody who is appointed that's literally what the word means, and sanctified, to make holy, to be purified, to consecrate, to hallow, to be separated from evil, and to be separated and, and 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 um and dedicated to God. Do you see the difference? That's what sanctification is. It's sanctification, it's separating from something that's evil, that's not good, and devoting it and dedicating it to God. That is what Sanctification is, to be sanctified, to be separated from and dedicated to. That's why we dedicated Ivy this morning. We dedicated her to Jesus. The world cannot have a hold of her. Cannot. And may the Lord get a hold of her life at an early age. But notice that we're called, uh, sanctified by God the Father, preserved in Jesus Christ. The idea here is guarded. We're we're, uh, to keep from loss or injury, to keep an eye upon, to preserve, to attend carefully to. And see, that's what Jesus does for each of us. He is looking out for you. Do you know that? He's got an eye out for you. He's got an eye. And then finally, verse 2, mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Mercy, mercy. Mercy is such a wonderful word. It's giving to somebody, uh, withholding something that somebody does deserve. And see, by God showing us mercy, he placed on his son something that we deserve, the death of man. Eternal death. We deserve that. But in God's mercy... He withheld from us that punishment and placed it rather upon his son, Jesus Christ. That is the ultimate form of mercy, withholding something that is deserved. And peace, certainly peace. You'll know the peace of God. Peace from harm, peace from difficulty, or, or, or I'm sorry, peace from uh, physical safety, uh, havoc and war, and also peace of soul, knowing that you belong to Christ. Isn't there a peace that passes all understanding when you're a believer? And love, notice this is agape love, this is benevolent love, this is love that doesn't care about its own, it's rather more concerned about giving up for others. That is what real benevolent love is. That's the highest form of love. Greater love has no man than this, than that he lay down his life for his friends. And whatever that means, that is more of the area, more of the idea of agape love. Because that's what Jesus demonstrated for us on the cross. He, that's what he did. And he goes on in verse three and he says, Beloved, I was, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you, here it is, to contend earnestly for the faith which was once delivered to all his saints. To all his saints, to contend, it means to, to fight, to struggle. The, the, one of the root words in this word is, uh, is a, is a Greek word that literally means to struggle, to compete for a prize. It's like two gymnasts striving together in, in in some kind of Olympic game. It's like two boxers in the heavyweight championship. They're contending for the heavyweight belt. The belt is there before them and they're pounding each other (laughs) in that ring for that Prize. They're, com- they're contending for each. We're contending for that prize. And just like Jude is encouraging the believers of his day to contend for the faith, we need to as well. Because unlike any other time in history, our Christian faith and even physical churches are under attack. Do you remember that one that happened recently? Just talking about the physical building in, in, in uh, Texas recently. Remember that man came in and killed two people. And within six seconds, that FBI agent who was retired, who was on the security team, took that man out before he had a chance to harm anybody else. Ten years ago, we never heard anything like that. I I forget what the date is, but it never really occurred. Thank God we have the Lord looking out for us, and we also have men trained here in this fellowship. They know what to do. But not only the physical building and the people, but also... Our faith itself, you know, Christian schools are under attack from liberal and local state administrators trying to force upon them their liberal ideas and ideologies, seeking to get laws passed that force not only private Christian schools but also homeschoolers to be more dependent on them and whatever umbrella they can get them nicely tucked under. So many bills being passed by our governor right now. Pray for him. But Christians... Christian workers, Christian organizations, Chick-fil-A, I mean, good grief, you know, they, God has blessed them for, you know, kind of holding to the, I mean, they're, they're, they're doing some strange things now, but they, they were holding to their guns and, and really, uh, doing well, and God was blessing them, you know, but boy, the world hates, hates the witness of Jesus, because it convicts them of their sin, doesn't it? I needed to be convicted of my sin, or otherwise I wasn't gonna change. There needs to be a radical, invasion before there's radical change. Is that true? I needed Jesus Christ, the creator of all things, to come into my heart and convict me deeply of my sin before I would do anything. Prior to that, I was just continuing in my own sin, thank you very much, happy very much with my own motto, which was, if it feels good, just do it. Don't be surprised if the world hates you. Jesus said, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you are of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Don't be afraid to be hated. If you're being hated because you're doing wrong things, then change your behavior. But if you're being hated because you're not doing right things, or I'm sorry, if you're being hated because you are doing right things, that's okay. Nobody likes to be hated. Anybody like to be hated? Yeah, man, I love it. Love being hated. No, nobody likes to be hated. And therein lies the rub. Are you willing to be a fool for Christ? Are you willing to contend for the faith? Are you willing to fight for it? Are you willing to appropriate it in your life and put feet on the things that you're reading? Rather than just hearing it here and letting it go out here, folks, we have to, now is the time in history of the church where we need to rise up, not with arms and guns and all that stuff, That's nonsense. I mean, you can do that if you want. I mean, you can, you know, whatever. But we're not here to win a physical battle. We're here, it's a spiritual battle. Our battle is not with flesh and blood, but it's with principalities and high places. It's with the enemy of our souls. Satan, you are in a spiritual battle. You don't bring a gun to a spiritual battle. You're going to lose. You don't bring a knife. You don't bring nuclear weapons to the table as Christians to fight this war. You'll lose. But why don't we believe that prayer is effective? Where have we gone? Our, our prayer service on Tuesday night is the least attended thing on the church calendar. And I'm thankful that there's some new people coming. I'm so thankful for that. I pray that our church, our, our, prayer, sir, our prayer time on Tuesday night gets so big that we have to actually do it in here. That would be so wonderful. But we don't believe in prayer. We've lost touch. We need to come back to our first love. Make your calling and your election sure. Isn't that what 2 Peter says in chapter 1, beginning in verse 10? He says, Therefore, brethren, be more diligent to make your call and your election sure. If you do these things, you will never stumble. And he had a list of things, which I don't have time to read to you, but make your calling and your election sure. As God called you to be his child, you're sitting in the seat probably. Do you know what his call is on your life, the very thing that, that he's created you to do? If you don't know what it is, start praying about it. It's not too late. It's not too late. Get to know what he wants you to do for him. Get in the game, but first sit at his feet. Be merry and set at his feet, and then find out, and then go out and do it with all of your heart, but never neglect spending time alone with Jesus. He is your source of everything. You cannot, you don't have any power outside of him. Isn't that what he said to the disciples? You, Without me, you can do nothing. And I've been trying to disprove that statement for many years, because I think that I can do something. Well, God, I have these skills. I can do this. I can do that. And God says, you can take all those things and throw them out the window, because I don't need any of it. I can use it. I'm more concerned about you, Rob. I'm more concerned about you, God would say to you. I didn't create you for what you could do for me. I want you. I want you. And see, this is why it's so important that we're baptized, that we're filled with the Spirit of God. Have you prayed that lately? Lord, fill me with your Spirit today. I need boldness. You may be the kind of person who's not very bold, and maybe your personality isn't as such, but... That's okay. God can take whatever you've got, and he can light it. He can use it. Don't use it as an excuse. Don't hide behind it and say, God, I'm a kind of a timid person. This is not really, I'm not an evangelist. Well, you don't have to be an evangelist. But you can be sitting in uh, an appointment at the dentist office in the waiting room there, and you can be looking over at somebody crying or, or looking like they're distraught, and you start up a conversation. Feed them, give them something to hang on to. Tell them, if nothing else, that Jesus died for you and He loves you. Do you know that? Are you willing to do that? We're not going to get to what I wanted to today. The time is almost past, but we're going to pick up in part two of this next week because it's it's worth getting into now that we got this introduction established. But contend for the faith and if you don't have the boldness there's no re- there's no reason to not pray for it you remember when peter and the apostles uh, after the day of Pentecost, where uh, Peter and John were addressing, uh, they were re- addressing the religious leaders after healing a, a lame man in the temple, and it's recorded for us in Acts 4, verses 7 through 31. But in, in that verse, he said, And when they had set them in the midst, when the, the religious leaders set the uh, disciples in the, in the midst, they asked, By what power, by what name have you done this? And then Peter, notice, filled with the Holy Spirit, and there is all that was needed filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what I need every single day. That's what you need. And why is that? Because what does it say? In verse 13, Now when they saw the boldness, Now Peter and John they perceived that they were uneducated, they were untrained, they and they marveled and they realized that that he that they had been with Jesus. And later on they would go to their companions after being let go, and they would go in with the other disciples in the upper room. And and in verse twenty nine of that same chapter says, "Now Lord, and this is their prayer: Look on their threats, the threats that they've been threatening us, and grant to your servants that with what all boldness." that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And notice, and when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Boy, what a great Sunday morning that would be. That the Spirit of God, not in some phony display like you see on TNN or TBN or whatever, real stuff, Or the Spirit of God just fell upon us in such a wonderful way. We don't have to... Do you think that that could happen? Wouldn't it be glorious if it did? It would be the best service we've ever experienced. And that's up to him. But are we willing? Are Are we expectant? Do we desire that? Do you think you need that? Because I know that I need it. I need to have that confidence, that assurance... Of what God has done in me. Because here's the thing. If I don't have that boldness, chances are I'm not going to contend for the faith. And again, this is part one of the message It we'll finish next week. But if I don't have that boldness, if I'm not filled with the Spirit of God, chances are I'm not going to open my mouth either. But when you open your mouth and you say, Lord, I am sick and tired of being the silent witness, which is really not a witness at all. I'm tired. Of being afraid. What are you afraid of? Ask yourself the question what are you afraid of? Are you afraid of telling somebody the thing that they needed to hear all their life? I remember recently I, I shared with, I think it was somebody at Wegmans, and it was probably one of the tellers. You know, typically I'll I'll do that. And it was a young girl, she's still in, she went to Penfield High School, and as she's scanning my stuff and putting it in the bag. I said. uh, I I looked at her name tag, and I forget what it was. And I said, uh, do you know that, uh, this is going to sound maybe strange to you, but do you know that God has a plan for your life and that Jesus loves you, that he died for your sin? And he died for my sin, by the way, too. But do you know that he loves you, that he really, really loves you, in spite of everything that you're going through, in spite of anything that you've ever done? And it was that simple. And she looked at me, and she was like, she had that look on her face and I says, you probably never even heard of that before. And she goes, I've never ever heard that. She never heard the name. And that's the culture today. Nobody talks about Jesus anymore. We, the church, need to talk about Jesus again. Don't be afraid. There's power in that name. There's no name greater than the name of Jesus. When Jesus shows up, demons flee. They're frightened of him. And when Jesus comes, there's deliverance. When Jesus shows up, there is healing, real healing, not the f- weird stuff you see on television. You know, some of I think sometimes the, the, the most wonderful things happen when the when the cameras aren't on, when there's not a lot of people. Can I share with you one thing that happened a few years ago and then we'll stop and pray? I'll end with this. A few years ago, I actually it's been several years now, probably uh seven to ten years ago, Pastor Jeff was actually in Israel. I, I didn't go on that trip. I was here. But he went to Israel, and, and they were having a Bible study in, garden, in the Garden of Gethsemane. And for those of you who are going on the trip in March, we're going to go there again in the same place, the Garden of Gethsemane. But while they were there... Uh, Scott Gallatin, I think, was teaching a Bible study, and he was just teaching the Bible. He was just sharing a couple passages while they were there, and then they were gonna pray. All of a sudden, this woman, an, an older woman who was, um, on crutches, and she'd been on crutches for months, because of her foot. Something was wrong with her foot. And she literally could not, she, they, they actually had to help her move her around. I mean, because you have to move a little quicker, you can't hobble around on crutches. Some people, they'd just grab her and lift her up, a couple guys, you know, a couple of, you know, Big guys like, you know, like me. And, uh, I'm only kidding. Uh, <laughs> I really don't think of myself like that. Um, I know you don't either. But anyway, so, <laughs> they pick her up, or, you know, they're carrying her around Israel, helping her up, you know, up steps. These two guys doing all that. Well, they're in the Garden of Gethsemane, and Pastor Scott's, he, he's not even talking about healing. He's not talking about anything. It wasn't a service about healing. It was he was just reading. He was just sharing the word of God. And all of a sudden, she starts to squeal. She starts to squeal. And everyone's kind of looking around like, okay, what's going on here? Right? She is totally enthralled. She's completely amazed. She starts to move her foot and she's like, I think the Lord just healed me. And it's a small group of people. No cameras. They weren't even reading. Like, I mean, it wasn't even like, let's open up talk about what Jesus talks about healing, and then they start talking about healing, and it's like, and that woman over there with the crutches, you stand up, man, because God's got, he's, you know, you, you, you're gonna get healed today if you just send in your check for a thousand dollars. Then and only then will he heal you. He'll even heal the next person next to you if they give five hundred. But no, none of that nonsense. She. <laughs> She starts dancing, and everyone around is freaking out. They're going, wow, the Lord just healed this woman. And there was no fanfare. They weren't even talking about healing. They were just somewhere, and God just says, you know what? I'm going to bless her right now. Right in this area where I myself went through excruciating agony, I'm going to take away her agony. What a sweet thing, and I'll never forget that. I know Pastor Jeff was blown away. Everybody was blown away. All they could do was witness it and just smile and give thanks to God. Isn't that wonderful? And see, that's how wonderful he is. That's how wonderful he is. But we need that. We need that boldness. We need to be in the place of contending for the faith. Are you willing to fight? Not physically. Don't get me wrong. But contending for the faith is standing on it and proclaiming it with boldness. And defending it. Are you a defender of the faith? Or are you content with just people just bashing Jesus, bashing his word and saying nothing? Or do you say, you know what? You don't understand what you're talking about because what I read in here is true. More true than you are standing before me, what is written here is truer than you physically standing before me in the flesh. I can see you standing before me and yet the book that I'm holding in my hand is even more true than your physical being here in front of me. That's how much confidence you can have in Jesus. That's how much confidence you can have in the Word of God. The Word of God. Know it. Live it. Contend for it. Let it transform your life. Let's stand together and let's pray. Don't be discouraged. I know these aren't real easy to hear. But please... Understand that the Lord loves you. He's got a great plan for your life. Find out what it is. I remember there was a time when I I, I I was so anxious. I was in such angst about knowing the will of God. I wanted to know the will of God so bad. I didn't know how to find out. How do I do this? I don't know how to do it. And I still don't. But I know what one thing is just surrender and just watch him work. Don't try to muscle your way into it. When you run across an obstacle, step back and pray about it instead of just fighting through it because you chances are you've hit a place where he says my will's going to be done, but if you force your way through, you're going to get off uh, off on your own will instead of my own. Sometimes it happens like that. And so, find out what the will of God is. Read the word of God, you're going to find it. Is it the will of God that you work in a uh, you know, in a casino serving drinks? And being barraged by all kinds of uh, negative things? Is that his will for your life? I doubt it. Is, it. is it God's will for you to be in an abusive relationship where your husband is constantly beating you up? Doubt it. There's so many things. If you know the heart and nature of God, the will of God becomes a little easier to discern. And then you just simply walk in it and let him do the work. You don't have to fuss and fight. Father, we just pray and thank you today. Lord, help us to to believe your word. Lord, to read it and to surrender. And Lord, to ask for boldness. Lord, I pray that you'd fill us all today. Lord, with your spirit. Lord, not in some funny business. Whenever you want, it's, it's your church, Lord. This We belong, all of us belong to you. We can't make this happen. We can't just flip on the switch. It's something that you do. Help us to be willing to receive you. And to receive that power that we need, that you told us we needed. And if you told us we needed it, are you going to withhold any good thing from those who love you? I don't think so. Because you said so in your word, Lord. So help us today. In Jesus' name we pray.
0: Amen. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Jude.